What is up, guys? Welcome to episode number 69 of Beef's Beef. Uh, Beef's Beef is staying, by the way, since all of you haters out there wanted to keep the same name. <laughs> I'm just kidding. For good reason. If yeah, I I, I'll be honest with you. I didn't expect the overwhelming um, support of the name. I'm not saying that I'm mad at it. Right. Even though I just joked like I was, but I wasn't expecting that overwhelming vote. Well, I feel like I need to say this, too, before we get started. But I wanted to make sure that everybody knew that was not my idea. I wasn't coming on board It was trying It to was 150% BJ's idea. <laughs> BJ has come in. It's... <laughs> If if you guys are if you guys are fans of of uh, the league the show the league it was definitely collusion yeah it's been no I'm just kidding it was 100 percent me I brought it up because once I brought him in I didn't I mean I know that this is still I was the one that was known for kind of starting it but this is both of our thing now so right but um, we can do that with the yeah. beast beef i think it's a good brand some, First of all, it's a great name some some great points were brought up to me you know all the all the branding that you and marketing that you've already done is right. gone um yeah it was a yeah, lot of intelligent yeah. comments yeah. from a lot of unintelligent people it was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very well put i don't think i could have said it so eloquently like you just did but yes very well put uh, intelligent answers from unintelligent people right so some some stuff that we'll be touching on today we'll obviously be finishing up our top 10 list which for all you listeners out there you probably heard zero of because apparently we had some technical difficulties, which um, I'm, just by looking at it today feels like it's already looking better. Um, I don't think we're going to have those problems in the future. I think I figured out what the problem was. Um, Mistakes but, will happen, too. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing that's the end of the world, but we're, we're going to try to give them the best product possible. By the way, I'm just glad no one heard my lock of the week. Because <laughs> yeah, Was it really cut out? I, mine was. Oh, Yours was on no, there. Yours trash. was on there, that but is... mine was cut out. So everyone that oh. knows BJ missed his lock of the week, <laughs> I got mine correct. I only missed it by about 21 points, <laughs> yeah. 22 points. No big deal there. No, they could have doubled the spread, and I, I still took Tennessee. I took Tennessee in my lock of the week, and they did not cover. They looked absolutely terrible there for a while. They got lucky. When it went to overtime, though, I said to you, I thought, all right, here's your chance. If somehow they can win in overtime by nine points, I would have been impressed. But at least going to overtime was your best chance. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh We'll, we'll go. We have another lock of the weekend uh, for both of us this week. Uh, we'll recap some of the uh, Louisville North Carolina State game from last night. Was Louisville gets a, a nice victory at home. We'll uh, preview the Pittsburgh game uh, a little bit. the The two previews we're not going to touch on too much because this is teams that um, either a I've already previewed by myself or b BJ has previewed with me. But we will preview the North Carolina game a little bit because we won't do another episode in between there because it'll only be a day in between it. Um, then we will uh, give our locks of the week, go over a uh, special segment that we're adding just for something that's happened uh, this week, and uh, we'll give our our last five for the top ten games uh, left over. But BJ played his first league game last night. We did speak about this. <laughs> no, we don't need to speak about it. No, this. I said we did. We did speak about it. Oh, yeah. We don't have to speak on it too much if you don't want to. That'll be the first league game for me and probably the last for a while. Let's put it like <laughs> that. I realized really quickly that the fun in basketball is not in league games for me, so. I apologize. 
Louisville does not play North Carolina until the Monday after. They have Wake Forest next. So Louisville plays the 30th, which is next Wednesday against Wake Forest. So That's an easier opponent for you. You guys should be happy about that. I don't know. I think we're going <laughs> to trounce every team in that state. So <laughs> I, wouldn't be, looking right now. I would not be upset if that happened because if we right. beat every team in that state, we're going to be the overall one There's a couple of good teams in there. I think their team that starts with puke or do or I, I don't know, something I, like that. No, they started with a dub is what they started <laughs> with. They started with a 30-point dub is what they started with. So, starting out, the game last night, uh, NC State was missing what some people would call their best player. I would, I'd say it's their most important player. I'd say their best player is Dorn. Uh, Dorn averages most points and the most rebounds. But Markel Johnson is definitely a big key for that team. Yeah, he's probably the guy who makes that wheel turn to when you've got a breakdown in possessions, you get late in the shot clock, who are you going to give the ball to, Dorn or Johnson? So, without Johnson, you can pretty much key on Dorn. Yeah. So, Missing Johnson, who I wish would be in a Louisville uniform, like I, like we spoke the other day, he was a, a, a close miss for the Cardinals when we were recruiting. Well, he's still wearing red. Yeah, but he's in the wrong state. Right. But um, Louisville struggled, or they're Louisville's consistent players, I guess you would say, outside of uh, Cunningham, kind of struggled. I know uh, Sutton ended up shooting the ball decently well, four or seven from the field, but he had four turnovers. As as did Nora. To me, if you're a if you're not a main ball handler and you have four turnovers, that's a really bad sign. Yeah, but and, see, I saw it a little bit differently even too because I'm not a fan of the team, and so I've not seen them. Obviously, against North Carolina, I saw them have a great game plan, but I wasn't unimpressed. It was like I told you whenever I came in, they had the lead the whole time that I was watching. I think they tied it up in the second half. Um, but NC State was not playing terribly. They just had way too many turnovers, and U of L was going to take advantage of that. I mean, they had twenty three turnovers. Yeah. So I mean, I know I know Louisville gave up seventy seven points, but you still got to give credit where credit is due. Right. When you force a team, who's pro- I mean, Markel Johnson handles the ball a lot for them. Yeah, him and Beverly. Yeah, and I mean, it's kind of head- it's kind of a two headed monster type thing for them. So without having one of their main ball handlers. Uh, you're going to turn it over more, but 23 times is a lot. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't think there's any excuse for 23 turnovers. I mean, you all had 15, and to me, 15 is too many. But Absolutely. I didn't even think about it. Without Johnson there, that does make a major difference as far as turnover ratio. Yeah. It was a sloppy game. Uh, the, honestly, the reason the game was close is if you look at the rebounding. Right. They have rebounded Louisville 38-26. to 26. They absolutely killed Louisville on, on the glass. Thunder Burke was the guy I was telling you about before. He had some big minutes in there. Yeah, uh, and he ended up with three rebounds. But Daniels is a guy that killed us from the from the guard spot with seven rebounds. Right. Yeah, I mean you have three guys with six or more rebounds in the start lineup. What about so, Thor coming in there and getting some rebounds as well too? Did you see Thor out there? Thor, no, Live that was Kelly. Person. That was Kelly Olynyk. <laughs> that does look a lot the, like Kelly. Olenek. It was definitely Kelly Olynyk. I don't think he's got the jumper that Kelly has, but his shot looks exactly like it though. Yeah. I'll tell you that from warm ups. Um, it looked just like – and what's crazy is he went to uh, – he went over before the game and tried to hurt um, Malik Williams' arm like he did Kevin Love. Cool. I mean, it's crazy. Not a boy. Just like Kelly Olenek. I'm just kidding. He didn't really do that. <laughs> I was just throwing a shot at Kelly Olenek because that was still a dirty play by Kelly Olenek on Kevin Love. And if that doesn't happen, that's probably another championship for the Cavs. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Yeah, I, that's 
water under the bridge, That's I guess. That's coming from a Cavs fan. I'm not hearing any of that nonsense right now. You don't think have... that he did that on purpose? Well, I don't care. I mean, it, it happened. We've got less than 10 wins on the season. I don't even know why you mentioned Hey, the, the season right is now. the season is young, BJ. Yeah. The season We're is young. We're taking for Zion. Yeah. And Zion worries me. <laughs> See, with, with how it is now, you are liable to tank – and your own season is so unlucky. You're liable to take and get like the fifth pick. Oh well, the you know the top three picks, you all get fourteen percent, or the worst three teams. So hopefully that would mean there's still a good chance of us getting top three. And I like the top three projected guys, but obviously they're saying Zion's going to go number one. So I'd take him. So if you had to pick, put your GM hat on. I hate to do that right now. But no, I'm just saying you had to pick. Right. Which, I thought would going you into would it, you take? Zion or Jack White? No, I'm just kidding. Or, or <laughs> Zion or R.J. Barrett? I like Barrett's with the with game with, with the Cavaliers. Now. With the Cavaliers, you're you're, right. you're the GM for the Cavs. Well, I think I mean even two at one. I don't necessarily have to go with what position you need at one. You're going best player because obviously you didn't have a good season, so everybody's on the chopping block. Um, because think about it, Zion could play power forward where Kevin Love plays, but I don't care. If he's the best player on the board, you take him. Now, it's like I said, going into the season after watching what he did with Team Canada, watching him win every high school award you could ever win, I thought Barrett was going to be the guy. Watching him play this year, I still like Barrett a lot, but his jumper, um, he's got to get a little bit more consistent, and he's got to get a little bit more consistent. I think the biggest it. thing with Barrett is he overdrives, if that makes sense. Yeah. He he never it, – it seems like he makes that decision at the very, very last second. But don't you think that's because he's not confident in his shot falling right now? Yeah, I could see that. But, I mean, he's done that from the very beginning of the season. Right. If you go back and look at the Gonzaga game, which is their, one of their two losses, I mean, that Gonzaga game, he drives at the end of the game – and overdrives and ends up um, – does he end up getting a, a charge call or there was a no call? No it was call. a no call at the end. Yeah. And it was because he overdrove and didn't have anything to do with the ball. He was watching James Harden a little too much that night before or something. He didn't walk into the lane. <laughs> <laughs> he drove into the lane. So uh, so did, did, I feel like it was a little bit of a cop-out. So who no, I'm taking Barrett. Barrett. I, I mean, okay. I'm sticking with Barrett. It's just like I said, it's tough to say that right now because Zion's got the upside – um, if he if Zion's knocking down that jump shot too, and obviously with elite athleticism, it's a lot of things to like about Zion. I just I, I think Barrett's the better basketball player currently. Yeah, I mean I think I mean I think Zion probably has the more upside because he has more that he can add to his game. I guess you could say. Right. Where Barrett more has stuff that he can polish. Zion's going to be undersized in the NBA. Not that people haven't been good being undersized, you know, Charles Barkley, but um, he's not – I mean, he's he's got the girth. He doesn't have the height. <laughs> Which the girth means a lot to some people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Boss. Uh, so, Louisville gets the – somehow we got onto that, but um, – Tangent. Yeah, Louisville, Louisville beats NC State. Uh, they get they, – not only do they beat them, but they do it with – Nora, 3 of 12 from the field, 0 of 7, 0 of 7 from the three-point line, and having four turnovers. And a couple of questionable shots. I even said to you that one three in the corner where he's fading away, you knew he was going to take the shot, and that leads to a first break or a fast break as well too. 
So it's kind of one of those deals that turns into a five-point play. You miss the three, they go yeah. down, get a deuce on the other end. Absolutely. One thing I will give Nora credit for, though, uh, this season he's definitely – where last season if his shot wasn't falling, you might as well take him out of the game. Yeah. This year he's still rebounding. He's still passing the ball. I know he had four turnovers, but he had four assists as well. Um, well, and he's engaged in general. Yeah. He looks he looks more into it this year. I think Chris Mack demands that. I mean, we even mentioned before Chris Mack is a different coach than Pageant, so it's kind of one of those deals. Um, you, you're going to have to play for Chris Mack or he's going to sit you on the bench. Absolutely. And that's what I love about Mack is it doesn't matter if you're Jordan Nawara or if you're Joe Griffin. Right. It, it, it doesn't matter. He's going to play. If you're going to play hard, you're going to play. Yeah, and he lets you make some mistakes. As a player, you like that as well, too. If you make you know one bad shot and he's pulling you, it's tough to get into a rhythm. But he's definitely going to let you know. He doesn't care who it is. Absolutely. Um, but uh, speaking of the Cavs, oh. cool moment last night. Uh, something you and I were talking about. My brother Ryan got, <laughs> got uh, tickets to a suite in, uh, from his work. <laughs> and his boss knows that he's a huge LeBron fan. Right. One of the biggest things that's happened in the in the LeBron era, I guess you could say, is bringing the championship to Cleveland. Absolutely, the three-one comeback over the Warriors. Right. So his boss sees this lady when he goes out to I don't know he goes out outside of the suite or something and sees this lady and she has a championship ring on, and it's the Cleveland Cavaliers championship ring. She, Which is a pretty daggone nice ring, by the way. Yes. From the picture I saw, I was pretty impressed with it. Uh, yeah, it, it was it was really nice. Uh, but his boss brings her in there, and she lets my brother wear the ring and take a picture with it. Which is crazy. Yeah, because Dan Gilbert bought all of the people that worked at the queue or worked for the Cavaliers a championship ring the year they won the title. Right, so instead of spending that budget on picking up a couple extra players, let's buy everybody rings. So I get it. You Absolutely. Know, it I mean, yeah. it makes sense. That's why you don't have the best player in the world on your team anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably one of the many reasons. But. Yeah. So I just thought that was pretty cool. It was a little side note. Um, Which, by the way, if you notice, when we were talking about it earlier – I seriously thought like somehow he got like a replica ring or like somehow, yeah. and I kept. Thinking he was like, "Yeah, like where do you get that grand. ring?" Yeah. I was like, "What are you talking about? That's the real ring." We were talking about prices of gold and everything. Yeah. I thought, man, that's gonna cost him an arm and a leg. He, he must be doing pretty well. I was like, BJ, that's uh, that's the bro ring, <laughs> which made it even better too. Because yeah. think about it. I mean. It's not every day you get to see something like it that. It was funny him looking like Captain Planet in that picture, though. <laughs> he was just, just sitting over there with it. But, and he also had it on his pinky. I yeah. guess this lady's hand must have been tiny because, I mean, Ryan's hand's not that big. He doesn't have Burger King hands like I do, but his hands aren't huge. Um, I thought maybe he was just flossing a little bit. I mean, he might have been. He might have just put it on there as a pinky ring on purpose. But I like it. Yeah, so... Louisville uh, struggled down the stretch and still got a win, which is big, which is an improvement because we struggled against Pittsburgh, uh, at Pittsburgh, and ended up losing in overtime. I know we made two comebacks, but it was a, a struggle for the entire game. Noir shot terrible in that game as well, and Louisville just didn't win. Well, this is only North Carolina State's fourth loss. We, we already mentioned some of the teams that they lost to prior to this, too. you got, you know, North Carolina's in there, so... 
I don't know. I think always, this, always yeah, throw the shots in there. Yeah, of course. Well, I, I mean, you already threw the shots at us as far as this <laughs> season, so hopefully we've got one in the chamber ready for you. But this North Carolina State team is not a bad team. Do I think they're a little bit overranked earlier in this year? Yeah, but, you know, that's because they had a lot of wins on their resume. Yeah. So Louisville gets the win. They got Pittsburgh coming up next. Um, I think I, I saw the spread, what did I tell you, 11 and a half or 11. I think Louisville covers that and then some. Yeah. Uh, that's not my lock of the week. That's just me saying that. Yeah, coming off that loss to them previously, you know they're going to have something coming back for them. Being at home, right? You all playing yeah. at home this time, so that's another big deal. Um, I, you know, that 11-point spread seems like a lot of points, but I'm with you. I think, you know, L should win that game handily. Yeah, I mean, you look at the – not to bring this back up, but you look at the – difference between that game and the next game that they played was against you all and the guard penetration was cut off pretty much completely in that game against you all which is something that Chris Mack definitely harped on in practice in between those two games because their their guard penetration absolutely killed us in that game especially late game yeah yeah it just absolutely killed us they just kept driving the lane and then passing off and they were hitting open shots right so I think Louisville gets that win um, well, I, when you talk about your ESPN matchup predictor, they've got an almost an 88% chance of winning on there. So that, you know, once again, we don't always go by that, but that's an interesting stat. 88% is a high number. Absolutely. So um, I think they get the win. I think they get the win easily just because listen to the post game last night. After they spoke about the game last night, it was all this is a revenge game. We know that we didn't take care of business when we went there. That's our only blemish in conference. Um, we're not happy that we did that, blah, blah, blah. They knew that it was mostly on their side on why they lost Pittsburgh. They gave credit where it was due, but they knew it was a lot of boneheaded mistakes on their side. Well, and anytime you mark a game like that on your uh, schedule, you know, that these guys are, are people who work hard at their craft. They're going to come out and give their best effort. So um, not to jump ahead of ourselves too, but – you know, then oh. jump into the next game, Wake Forest. That could be a little bit of a trap game. Yeah, because think about it, you got North Carolina after that. You've got a big pit game. Um, you know, we'll we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, it, it, I mean, I could definitely see what you're saying is a trap game with that Wake Forest game. Luckily, it's in the middle of the week, and we don't play a, a game that weekend, right? Because uh, we have you guys on Big Monday, so hopefully, it won't be. A trap game, but you never know with college kids because just as much as they work on their craft, there's always that younger brain that always is looking ahead to the next big thing. Right. Well, and with Chris Mack at the helm now, you know, he's probably not going to allow them to lose focus. Um, now, players got to play, so yeah. we'll see. Absolutely. So, um, we're bringing back our segment that we started last, last show. Um, I got some crap over mine because, like I said, I missed mine, but hey, so did BJ, so we're both 0 for 1. Uh, but we are going to give our locks of the week. And we want to know, we were talking about this before, we want to do some type of punishment, you know, kind of a play off the starters, if anybody has seen that before. But we want to know what we should do as far as the person who loses in the month. Um, if you all have any ideas, send that to the Facebook page. Um, either Brandon or myself. We want some fun stuff to do to make it interesting. So, you you went first last time, right? 
Uh, or no, I think I went first, so I'll let you go first this time. Well, I think we both lost, so who cares who went first? Look, but, see, we're changing the juju to maybe we maybe we both get it right this time. Well, and speaking about changing the juju, you know, last time I went with a college game, which college is tough for me to do. Um, this time I'm going with the NBA. NBA is something that I know a little bit more. Now, still, it's like anything else. There's nothing given. Um, we're looking at games for tomorrow. You know, we were looking at some interesting games tonight. The games I was looking at tonight were like the New York Knicks and the uh, Brooklyn Nets, the Clippers and the Barn Bulls. Burn, barn burner on that first one. Yeah. Knicks and Nets, that's a game I'd buy a ticket to. Yeah, it was a nine-point spread, <laughs> and they were selling tickets for nine bucks at the door probably. I'd be willing to bet they barely scored nine points. <sighs> Could be interesting. They must be playing like the Indiana Hoosiers right now. Yeah. But with that being said, um, I'm going with a game tomorrow. We've got Golden State and Boston. Should be a great matchup. Looks to be a great matchup. On ABC, I think at 8.30 it said. Um, but, but Golden State is the favorite playing at Boston. Um, they're a, a two-point favorite. I'm still going to take that Golden State team. I think their skill travels. I think getting Boogie Cousins back in that lineup has rejuvenated them a little bit. They've still got McKinney coming in and playing some big minutes, getting some nice buckets for them. Um, Iguodala and Livingston still there doing what they do. I like that Warriors team as far as I think I don't they're like great. Them. Yeah, they're good, but I don't like them. Well, that's what I was getting ready to say. I, I think they're a great team, but, man, it's tough to watch five potential All-Stars on a team together. Not this season, but – you know, they've all been all-stars. More of the story, I'm taking Golden State, negative two over Boston at Boston. So, my lock of the week, some people are going to be like, dude, you're crazy. But I said this. Yeah, you, you, you did. But I think this their their point guard is, is probable for this game. That helps. Which is big. Yeah. I'm going with my lock of the week, also a Saturday game. Uh, it's at noon on the ACC network, which is uh, basically just close your eyes and try to find it. Uh, I'm taking the Duke Blue Devils over the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Now, when you say that, you're like, oh, okay, what's the spread like? Maybe 12, 13? No, it's 22. Right, I I'm guess taking, 15 originally. I'm taking Duke and the 22 <laughs> points, and they will de-wing the Yellow Jackets. It's in Cameron. Trey Jones is back. Georgia Tech is hot garbage. It's just, it's, the, I, I mean, we beat the brakes off of Georgia Tech. Right. Well, and there's two things I mentioned before. First of all, Duke had a 19-point spread against, I hate to rag on the Hoosiers, but obviously this is where it's going. That was a 19-point spread when they played them earlier this year. Covered. Um, you look at that game that I was wrong on, the, the Colorado State game. I won't even say the other team involved in that. But guess what? 19-point spread covered. So it's not unrealistic that they could cover the 22-point spread. Um, but, man, I sure hope you lose. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, another segment that we're going to be adding – it's not a segment that we're going to add. It's just a segment that we're going to do this time. Uh, the All-Star Game starters were announced last night. Uh, we put a poll up on our Facebook page. Go vote on that. Also, if you're on Twitter, I put it up on our Twitter page. Uh, BJ's an avid tweeter. Uh, right. He, that and he, Snapchat are my two he, personal favorites. He, he checks his MySpace daily, too, so if you want to go and, and check BJ's MySpace, he's definitely on there every day. And to all of our listeners, you know, be looking for that LinkedIn. I'm sending you friend requests on there. So. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely the one that's peeking at your profile on LinkedIn. <laughs> so... Um, 
But we are going to do a um, a draft. All right. Speaking about you losing, by the way, I've got a feeling, you know, there's no grading system in here, but I think you're going to lose at this too while we're on the losing train. You know, here's how here's how we'll judge this, okay? okay? What we'll do is we will add up our team's points from the All-Star game. Okay? So this is you're really going to have a great idea. You're really going to have to think about this because I I mean I didn't think about this I literally just thought of that on the fly. But we're going Cause points because I'm a ge- yeah because that's the only way you're going to win a game is by points. Right. So well, we're literally just going to add up our whole team's points and then whoever's yeah. team wins wins. I like it. So and that was very impressive on the fly there. I mean I'm that's why you're beef. Of, I'm kind of a genius. Yeah. So brain man. Uh, we. Uh, I'm I'm LeBron, obviously, because I'm closer no, to him. No, 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 no. We're not doing that. We're going to flip for this. Would you flip for it, please? What? What? Is... <laughs> Listen, get the coin out. I'll call it in the air, all, all right? right? All right. Here we go. Hey, all call, right. it, call it in the air. All right. Tails. I got tails. All right. Called heads, right? <laughs> it is. It is tails. Okay. I'm getting cheated once again. <laughs> so, BJ called. Call me Jerome Bettis. Yeah. It would. Yeah, so I won the toss. I'm LeBron. All right. Um, you can be the guy that no one can say his name. Giannis Antetokounmpo. I got it all day. Yeah, I want to hear you say that. Never mind. I don't. I don't want to hear you say that more than once. Just Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis Antetokounmpo. I got impressive. it. So I'm gonna pick first. Okay. So, but let's explain a little bit so, too. Even. So the the All Star setup uh, that started last season was they. They take the two captains, which are the two highest voted players right? from each conference. Which I like as well, too. I like this, and I love even more that they're videoing, or that they're putting it on TV. Big time. They said it last year. That's the first thing Steph said coming out of there. Why was this not videoed? And I think they didn't want to offend any of the players. I'm but ready to see feelings hurt. I'm ready to see it. You know Westbrook's getting picked last again. Not because of his game, just because if he I bet he won this one, because this one isn't. Uh, this one doesn't have a Warrior player involved in the picking. Well, that's a good point. I don't feel like anybody likes Westbrook, though. He's such a competitor. That's what I'm saying. I want him. I'd on love my team. him on my team. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. We're not gonna. We don't know who the reserves are now. No. But I'm not giving any hints away as so, to who I'm gonna pick. I mean, if you don't pick the certain person, because since I'm getting the first pick in this, BJ will then, when they announce the reserves, will finish our draft and we'll finish up our teams, and BJ will then get the first pick because he's getting the second pick in this. Right. So, unlike your normal uh, fantasy drafts, this is not a snake draft. This is one, two, one, two, one, two. So, I'll get a pick, he'll get a pick, I'll get a pick, he'll get a pick. It's not snake. You know what, now I'm just thinking about this. Based on our scoring system, I'm at a little bit of a disadvantage having Giannis and LeBron. That, you know, that coin flip really got me there. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you just give her hope that LeBron's groin uh, holds over to the All-Star game. That's a good point. That might have got you. It might have. Yeah. Who knows? This is a little early to call it, but hey. So, with me winning the toss, right? I get the first pick. Uh, I'm definitely going to pick. This is going to be a shocker, I bet. Yeah, I'm definitely going to pick Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant off the board. I'm glad you picked him, too, because with you picking Kevin Durant, I'm going to stay in the Western Conference and go with my good friend, James Harden. Which, this is funny that you say that, because... No, this is not true. This is very true. We're writing stuff down before the episode. Uh, 
BJ's like, I'm going to try to write down the starters without looking. I said, okay. <laughs> he names all of them except for Harden and Kawhi, and I'm giving him hints, and I'm like, I really don't know how you're not getting this one. Everybody has a brain fart every once yeah. in a while. Yeah, <laughs> but with as much stuff as he shares about James Harden, I was very surprised that it took me giving him like three hints to get him Harden. I'm just hoping the referees are going to call a good game, and he <laughs> shoots about 20 free throws. That's, that's good numbers for me there. So... Um, I'm going away from the Western Conference, and I'm taking the dude that's putting up the freshest and hottest shoes in the game right now and taking Kyrie Irving. So, I like it, by the way. That was going to be somebody on my radar. Teaming back up. Teaming back up. I mean, the only reason I wouldn't take him is because he is a Celtic currently. (laughs) But since you're going to go ahead and go to the East, I'm just going to follow you because I feel like why would I not follow you? I'm going to take the guy who I was praying and hoping was going to be the captain of the team. I think Giannis deserves it. I love Giannis. But Joel Embiid would have been a fun watch. Him and LeBron going at it. Absolutely. Joel Embiid's not going to hold back what he thinks, that's for sure. So here is where the game is going to take a turn because I'm going to surprise a lot of people. And I'm going to surprise a lot of people because everyone knows that I do not like this person at all. Oh, wow. But. I thought it was going to be even more of a shocker. But I'm going to take Steph Curry because I want another shooter around LeBron. You want to take all guards is what you want to take. I understand that. So, I mean, good luck guarding the three-point line with my team with KD, Steph, and Kyrie. Right. And LeBron jumping like Jordan in Space Jam. I'm hoping they give them some rest. Those Warriors, you got both (laughs) the Warriors on there. They need a bit of rest before the – the All-Star Weekend. I'm interested to see who you're going to take here. Well, obviously, based on scoring, there's been a guy who's been scoring, you know, better than he's scored previously in his career. He's a little bit controversial as far as being a starter, but uh, once again, I'm going to follow you into the West, and I'm going to take my good friend PG-13. Fell, fell right into my hands. Yeah. And pun intended here. Yeah, I bet. Pun intended because I wanted you to leave this guy here. You want me to take Kemba? Is that who you want me to take? No. I, I mean, you're going to take Kemba. Well, that's what I'm saying. Because you played it right into my hands, a.k.a. give me the claw. I'm going with Kawhi. i got a lot of K's on my name, or on my team, by the way. Kawhi is the most unassuming player in the league. Quiet. Um, I mean, he's, he's he will state his opinion. He, you think he's going to come out and score a bunch of points in the All Star game? No, not happening. I don't need it right now, bro. I got I got KD. I got LeBron. I got Steph. And you and got Ky- defender and Kyrie. And now I got a lockdown defender. I'll take Kemba happily because I think Kemba's going to come out and go. Listen, I got a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. You know, probably a lot of these people are doing these things or saying Beal could have possibly taken that position away from him. Had a good debate with Tony on it today. Both of us were on the same page. I think Kemba deserves that position, and I'm hoping he puts up a bunch of points on it. So just to go over our teams, right? Team LeBron, we have LeBron, Kevin Durant, Kyrie, Steph, and Kawhi. Right. And Team Giannis – or Mr. Antetokounmpo, uh, we're going to go with Giannis, Harden, and Bede, PG, and Kemba. There's only one way to settle this battle, actually. What? The NBA 2K blacktop. I'm just kidding. Yeah, that, would, <laughs> I'm just kidding. that doesn't end so, well for me. No, so. Um, I'm going to sub my little nephew in. Yeah, yeah, but you say that you always. He's uh, 
BJ was pretty much telling me that he is like, uh, who was it that had that video the other day of him beating his kid by 100 in Madden? I didn't see it. But there was there was right. a video of a football player beating his kid in Madden, and he's <laughs> and he said something about how he doesn't show his kids mercy. He wants his kids to learn a lesson. Sounds and, like an Adrian Peterson thing for some reason. Even though I'm, why? Because I said beating his kid. Yeah, that's all. You know, I'm, it's just spanking. <laughs> it's, it's not beating. It's kind of messed up. I hope Greg doesn't listen to this because Greg's going to get kind of upset. It's all uh, right. <laughs> he just, he's been upset was, at me before, right, Greg? Yeah, so um, <laughs> you're throwing off still, your game. My I goodness. am. I mean, that was pretty good. The, I mean, talk about thinking of something on the fly with you going with the beating his kid. Um, we don't have to keep saying that. <laughs> I was just saying maybe Adrian Peterson was really good at Madden. That's what I thought. But needless to say, yeah, every time I played my nephew, I've never played him where he hasn't cried after. So it was Tory Smith, and he beat his kid by ninety-eight. Former Eagle. I like it. 120 to 22. <laughs> and that's the way it should be, in my opinion. I, I've had games where my nephew has quit, and I'll just keep playing against He'll get a five-second call, give me the ball. I'm scoring right away. Uh, if I miss for some odd reason, you know, even though there's only four defenders, I've been known to miss an open jump shot or two. His, um, his, his exact words, my kids will know what it's like to fail and never quit. There are some positives in video games. <laughs> <laughs> Good, yeah. That's that's great. It's I I love that when I saw that. I thought it was so funny. But he was beating them one twenty to twenty two, and there was like fifty seconds left. Still, you should see our one on one games on the little tykes. I mean, I'd say I probably average thirty two block shots per five point game. That's it. Well, it's got to be around there. I mean, I'm scoring pretty quickly. You got to think about it. It's only to five points, five buckets. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. I'm taking your nephew if you're asking me, <laughs> but. Uh, we promised you that we would finish our uh, our top ten countdown. Uh, just to recap, the ten through six, uh, or I'm sorry, just to recap what it what what it was we're doing. Uh, the Saints fans are suing uh, suing the NFL, saying that they want the game replayed. Right. So this is our top ten list of games that we would rather see played before the Rams. Saints. A lot of controversy on this list. Yeah, so 10 was uh, Louisville, Kentucky, 2004. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 9 was GSP Hendricks, 2000. What year was that? Uh, I don't have it in front of me. It was it was GSP uh, Hendricks' uh, decision. Yep. Uh, BJ did a great job of explaining that one. And uh, I don't know the year. Yeah. <laughs> 8 was the Hand of God play, 86 World Cup qu- uh, quarterfinal. Uh, seven was a Leitner shot, much to the chagrin of BJ because BJ likes dirty players. Love tap. Uh, number six was the coin flop, the coin flip game, like Thanksgiving 1998 Steelers. Uh, actually, it was 2019 uh, NBA All Star right. draft. Uh, no, it was God. 19 1998 uh, Steelers Lions uh, Thanksgiving game. So that leads us to our number five. Uh, number five is. Um, one that is very, very important because once you realize the ramifications that came from it, uh, it's a pretty big deal. Uh, our number five is fifth down. The 1990 game between the Colorado Buffalo and the Missouri Tigers. That's right. And even, too, you mentioned it briefly before we get into this. That's how we kind of put this list together. We looked at where the value was in these games, how important these games were, how controversial the call was. 
this one's way up there on our list because it had national championship ramifications involved with it. So the final score in that game was Colorado 33-31, but kind of give give the people that are listening uh, an update or a rundown of what kind of led to the end of the game. It was actually a really good game throughout it, back and forth game. Um, the funny thing was, we even mentioned this before, Colorado had to use their backup quarterback going yeah. into that because their starting quarterback was injured. Um, ended up coming down to the wire. Three minutes to go. Colorado got the ball back down 31-27. You knew they were deep in their territory, but you knew it was going to be a, a picture-perfect ending. Um, 40 seconds to go. They completed a pass on the goal line. So they're trying to score to get the win here and go ahead. Field conditions were bad all day. It was actually more of a slip than a tackle. That was the funny thing from watching the video. Um, and that, that cost them dearly because um, their next play, they end up running the ball and taking their last time out. Once they take their last time out, you know, you're, you're in trouble at that point in a situation like that. Um, gets to be third down. Colorado runs the ball again. They were stopped short. Quarter ball then, quarterback then spikes the ball, right? So think about it. That's their fourth down play that he spikes it. Yeah. You don't get five downs in no. uh, football, hence the name fifth down. Um, but the guy on the sideline forgot to switch it between uh, the second play and the third play on it. So once they get their fifth down, they make it count. They end up scoring, which is also questionable from watching the video. They, uh, they actually think he was a little bit short, and Colorado goes on to win that game. The funny thing about it, too, is on the PAT, think about it, they're up two at that point, right? Colorado decides to, instead of kicking the PAT and taking a chance at going up three, they just take the ball and they kneel. They're not going to take a chance. I thought that was actually very smart by them, especially in a very controversial situation. And with how apparently terrible the field conditions were. Yeah. I mean, you can't take a chance on a bobbled snap and then running it back in time the game. It, it, it is very smart. I didn't think about that. That is very smart to do. Well, even in the field playing into it, I didn't think about that either. You, you know, you've got a kicker who's got to plan off that left foot. If he's a righty, plan yeah. off that left foot. If he goes down, who knows what could happen. Just ask Tony Romo. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a good – BJ always loves throwing shots at the rival teams of his of his squad. I'd say anybody. Let's not keep yeah. it to rivals. Let's just say I'm a shot taker. But just some of the stuff that happened after. The, the coach of Colorado was a former Missouri football player or was okay. a former Missouri Tiger. I like and, it. And, you know, they asked him, did, you know, after the controversies come out and you realize what happened, do you think about forfeiting the game? He was like, I thought about it. Then I realized uh, the field was lousy, so no, we're not going to. Yeah, legitimate excuse there. Blame it on the field. Hashtag savage. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm going with there. So we we mentioned a little bit before that this had national championship ramifications. Uh, not until 1992, I believe I read. Okay. Was there a a poll that the that NCAA football said, okay, this is the one we're going by. This is the thing that's going to set up all of our bowl games, and this is going to determine the national champion. Right. So at that point, you had the AP poll and you had the coaches poll. We still have those now, but only the AP poll is really honored until they started the playoff system, and now the playoff system is honored that way. Which, so, once again, goes into the changes we talked about before. You, you know, if, if these calls are making changes, that adds value to this absolutely. on our list. So with that – Colorado goes on to not lose another game. 
They struggle in a couple of games, but they beat uh, they beat Notre Dame. They beat uh, Nebraska, to, which gives them the Big Eight at that point. It's before the Big Twelve. Right. Uh, it gives them the Big Eight title, um, and it ends up putting them at number one in the AP poll. Hey, a win's a win. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is. But Georgia Tech is the only team with no loss the whole season. But it's weird because you very rarely see ties in college football. Actually, you never see ties in college football now. Right. But at this point, there was two teams with a tie that tied for the national title as well. Especially on that level. Think about it. You've got two teams who say they were national champions that year. That That's pretty unique. Yeah, I mean, Colorado finished with a, with a record of 11-1-1. Okay. Georgia Tech finished with a record of 11-0-1. So, they, the quote that I read was, no team finished unblemished, but Georgia Tech didn't have a loss. Right. I, I hate that any football game is ever ending in a tie. I, don't, I, I mean, I'll Probably be honest. any game ending in a tie. Why compete if it's going to end in a tie? Well, That's I don't fights, care. I don't whatever. care about soccer, so I don't care if that ends in a tie. Right. I'm mainly referencing football and fighting, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. So, um, that was our number five. And to be honest with you, before we came into this, I had heard of that game, but I didn't know as much as, you know, I now know about that game. That's a – I'd be salty if I was a Missouri fan. <laughs> Well, that, that's the fun thing about these is getting to know a little bit more. But you hit the nail head on. I would be pretty daggone disappointed, and uh, I'd maybe burn some couches in my front yard or something. Don't don't bring up burning couches. <laughs> We're way too close to Lexington for you to bring that up. And they have a big game tomorrow, so might get you some spare change. Oh goodness! So number four, we have what BJ so eloquently nicknamed the Fiesta Bowl fiasco. The um, actually, I looked it up because you said it was the, the two thousand considered the two thousand two. It was the two thousand and three Fiesta Bowl. Okay, I did I did find that it was the two thousand and three Fiesta Bowl between the Miami Hurricanes, which is um, arguably the greatest roster um, ever put together for those two years in college football history. A lot when, of pro players. When, when you go and if you ever want to just blow your mind, go back and look at the O two, O one and O two, um, and a lot of O three. Miami Hurricanes. Right. Well, and even guys that you haven't heard of, too. We were talking about their offensive line. Their offensive line produced 3,000-yard rushers in a row with three different backs. Who was it? Uh, Portis, Gore, and McGahee? I, I think I, you're uh, correct, but I don't want to tell you wrong. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's I think it's right. Portis, Portis Gore, and McGahee. So it helps to have good players, but still you got to give the line a little Dude, bit of those, credit. you got to think two of those three running backs were very, very good pros. Gore is still playing. Yeah. I mean, he's probably retiring now, but – I mean, Portis had some really good years. Portis had really, really good years, actually. Yeah, with the Redskins. Yeah, and then I mean, you guys Trash. got you got guys like Andre Johnson. Um, you got guys like Kellen Winslow Jr. Uh, the tight end, Jeremy Shockey. Um, I mean, Vince Wilfork on the defensive end, Jonathan Vilma. Couple of really good rap records as well. Ed Reed. <laughs> I mean, yeah, a lot of good rap records as well. Um, so you go into this game, Miami's on, uh, what was it, a 34-game win streak? Yeah. Going into this national championship game, heavily favored. Um, kick a field goal as time's expiring to go in OT. All right. And 
Ohio State wins the wins the toss, correct, and defers to Miami. Yep, smart play. I mean, in my opinion, if you win that coin toss, you want to see what they're going to do because you can match them at that point. If they kick a field goal, you know, all you have to do is kick a field goal. But if they kick a field goal and you got a chance, you're going for that win. Absolutely. So Miami goes, scores, up seven. Uh, Ohio State gets the ball, gets the fourth down on the goal line, and this is where the controversy ensues. Yeah. Um, the quarterback for Ohio State drops back, throws a pass to the right side of the end zone. Um, the guy's not touched, for, for one, until the ball hits off of his hand, then he is then tackled. Uh, we, we've watched a video and counted four seconds from the end of the play, and it's not even thrown by the guy that has the view of the play. Yeah, there's a ref standing right at the goal line. He's got a beautiful view at it. He doesn't make any motion. He's making the game over. He actually motion. did make a motion. He 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 threw the incomplete motion. Right. But the line judge is not making any. And he's not even looking at his flag. To him, it's like, all right, cool. We're going back to the. We're going back to the hospitality room. We're gonna get some food, and we're gonna get out of here. Nope, not according to the back judge. The back judge is like, oh, no, I had to make sure I saw what I saw. So basically you're like that referee that's like, oh, I wanted to see if it went in first before I made a call. Right. That's- when everybody's already on the field, too, they said fans and everything. Yeah. You can even listen to an announcer. We were listening to it earlier. Hey, we got to clear the field. Oh, we got a flag. We got a flag. That's a terrible call. That's a terrible <laughs> – they said that, too. Yeah. And it was a terrible call. And this is why this one meant so much to me because – one, I really liked that Miami team. I liked Larry Coker. I liked Ken Dorsey. Um, but this led to my the beginning of the hatred of Ohio State for me. Well, this, and it was another national championship game, so that's pretty important too. Yeah, and this this is what started my, my dis, dislike of Ohio State. And so, I mean, granted, there was game time after this. They end up getting the ball, running it in, and then they win in the next overtime. Well, and that's my thing, too. That's I, It's tough for me to feel sympathy for some of these teams because the cards are in your deck for most of the game. You know, you get a referee making one call and you blame the game on them. Miami still had a chance to come back and win this and a very realistic chance with four plays on the two-yard line and they couldn't even get two yards to get a touchdown at the end. So I'm not saying that this is too high on our list, but I am saying I got no sympathy for the Miami Hurricanes. Yeah, but you're also a North Carolina fan. Yeah. 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 I'm also not an Ohio (laughs) State fan. That's true. So that was one of my that was one of my big ones. But you know, I bit the I bit that one and lowered it down. You did. And but we actually agreed on our top two, uh, but. I mean, first of all, if you're an avid sports fan, you should already know what our number one is. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but you should already know what our number one is because this is the biggest one of all time. Like, it was no question for either one of us. It was one, the only common one that when we texted each other, that was the only common one between the both of us. Well, we're not going to give any hints because we're getting ready to get there, but think about it. There's something that all of our listeners have in common. Well, not necessarily. That's a good point. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Okay, well, there's something that... um, Most of our listeners will go with that. When there's... uh, Yeah. Yeah, Most of our listeners have in common. So... Touche. Number three, we go to the imperfect game. This is uh, Armando Galarraga, 
June second, two thousand and ten, playing the Cleveland Indians. Yep. Twenty twenty seven outs into the game. And or I'm sorry, 26 outs into the game. I yeah, apologize. 26. Well, you did this earlier. Yeah, I did. I'm great, great with math. As I thought on the fly earlier, I did terribly in math there. But this is the thing I mentioned to you. In those 26 outs, um, he only had three strikeouts, which was somewhat surprising to me as well, too. He also only had, what's that, quick math, 88 total pitches, 67 strikes, and 21 balls. That's nuts. That is yeah. nuts. I know. I'm pretty good at math. No, oh, uh, no yeah, I'm just saying the amount of pitches. <laughs> right. That's nuts. Well, and think about it. The stat that we said earlier was that would have been the fewest pitches in a quote-unquote perfect game yeah. since 1908. That's a pretty good amount of time. Yeah, so there was the, the 26th out. He gets on the last batter. There's a dribbler between he and first the first baseman. He tells the first baseman, stay at first. I got this. I'm just going to toss it to you. Fields it cleanly, tosses it to the first baseman, beats the guy running the first by two or three steps. Well, at it's Galarraga who's covering first then, actually. Uh, you're right, it is. Yeah, I apologize. Yeah, because Miggy goes and fields the ball. And the throw beats the runner by a good two or three steps. Mile. And the umpire calls him safe. Jim Joyce, infamous. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's it's honestly like painful to watch. Yeah. You can see his distaste on his face, and that's the thing. The pitcher, actually, Galarraga, doesn't make a big stink of it. He kind of gives a smirk at him, and he's like, you really just did that. Because some, something that you brought up to me, it was actually, I was reading at the same time that you brought it up to me, there was two other perfect games thrown within 24 days of this. Right. So this would have been the first time. or that the, the So the two games before, there was Dallas Braden that was uh, – 20 days before, or I'm 24. sorry, 24 days before, yep. and then um, Roy Halladay threw one four days before. Yep. So that was the closest that two perfect games had come since 1880. So you're talking about not only changing something that is going to be on a guy's you – know, this is something that very, very few people have ever done. Yeah, he would have been the 21st pitcher to have done a – Throwing a perfect game. That's yeah. pretty daggone impressive. That's yeah. a lot of years of baseball being played to be the 21st pitcher who threw a perfect game. Yeah, and so you have a record that's going to be done there for Major League Baseball. So this is one something you're taking from him. This is something that you're taking from the Major League Baseball record books. First time ever for the Detroit. Yeah, the first one in Detroit Tigers history. But you know what? This is, this is where I, I gain a lot of respect for somebody. Right. Galarraga was one of the only people to defend this guy. Well, and he could have rightfully so gone Absolutely. Off on it. I mean, I probably would have got kicked out of the game if I'm being honest. You got to get kicked out there. He handled it like a true gentleman. Yeah, it, I mean, he the quote uh, that was after the game is, you know, it said ironically, he said, "Hey, you know, no one's perfect." Yeah. And I mean, for a guy to do that, man, it's cojones. This is what they say. The guy's got Big cojones. Um, Well, it worked out for him. I mean, granted, if I'm him, I'm choosing that perfect game over anything else. But uh, we mentioned a funny stat earlier. Ten times in MLB history, it has been broken up, it meaning a perfect game, on batter number 27. So there's something to that. Once you get to the tip of the iceberg. It's here, man. Yeah, it's tough. It's here. 
us free throws at the end of the game. Absolutely. You know, it's anything like that. you got to have the mental edge. I thought the funniest part of this whole story, though, was how they said a year later they wrote a book together. Right. And then Joyce wasn't allowed to umpire any of his games anymore because they were then, quote-unquote, business partners. Well, it almost sounded like they became friends of it. And obviously, anytime you're making money with somebody, you know, that makes it a little bit better situation as well, too. But, man, it's amazing how that worked out. It's, it's, it's good. But – that moves us past that one and to our number two. And, you know, like I kept bragging last time when I came up with a with a good name, I thought this one <laughs> this one was even better. This one might even top that one. This huh? one tops it. When, we exp- when I explain why I called it this, number two, soulless judges. Right. So what we got, we got Roy Jones Jr. Favorite boxer of all time, by the way. Possibly, you know, obviously there's somebody else locally who's a bigger name than Roy Jones, but Roy Jones gets a lot of credit in the boxing community as being one of the all-time greats. I'll say this, favorite boxer I ever got to watch. Favorite rapper, too? We've got a lot of people on here who are dropping tracks. He can't be stopped. Yeah. (laughs) Can't be stopped, won't be stopped. Yeah. But so we're looking at the 88 Olympic boxing finals. Um, It's at the light middleweight. 156 pounds. Where was it located? In Seoul, South Korea. That's where I got it from. Soulless judging. Hence Go ahead. And, by the way, I wanted to name it What Happens in Korea Stays in Korea, but I got to give credit where yeah, credit is yeah. due. That one's even better than that at that point. Um, but so what we have going on, we got Roy Jones Jr. Obviously dreamed of being an Olympic athlete. For boxing, this is kind of where you make your name. If you win a gold medal in boxing, this is what allows your pro career to flourish, and this is where you really make your money from, to be honest. Um, I mean, you, you got to think of how many endorsements you get off being an Olympic athlete. Well, you got the world watching you. Yeah, I that, mean, your country. That's what I'm saying. That, that you're going to get so many endorsements from winning a gold for for your country as well. For being an amateur athlete, there's no better stage than the Olympics. Yeah. I mean, it's physically impossible to find a better stage than that. But he's dominating. I mean, he wins his first bout in two minutes. <laughs> pretty, pretty quick for a boxing match. Um, his next match, he wins 5-0. After that, he fights a guy who's a little bit tougher, and he still puts a beating on him, but he's winning all these matches 5-0. And what you've got, you've got five judges, and basically they'll score whoever they think will win. That's who they give that point to, hence the 5-0 reference, right? So he gets to the championship bout. Um, He's fighting a South Korean fighter. So just back up a little quick. So they don't do – do they actually do the round-by-round scoring, or they just say, hey, we think this guy won that round? At this point in time, and once again, this goes into our decision-making, they are doing a total, this is the guy who won the fight overall. There's five judges. They say this guy won or that guy won at that point. Now, later on, they actually go to an electronic scoring system because of the debacle that we're getting ready yeah. to speak about. So. Um, South Korean fighter there. Now, the judges are not South Korean, but they're obviously in Seoul. So there's a lot of favoritism going on. The South Koreans had a great boxing team there. I mean, these dudes were tough as nails. You'll actually laugh, but a lot of these videos are all still online. For 88, I mean, there were some pretty good videos out there. But Roy Jones Jr. just pieces this dude up. Dominates the first round. Dominates the second round. Gets into the third round, which in these boxing matches and amateur level, there's a three-round fight. Kind of lets his foot off the gas a little bit because he knows he's dominating him, but finishes the round just coming out and putting a whooping on this guy because he's like, all right, I'm in South Korea. I probably need to finish this dude off. Can't finish the guy off because he's that tough. 
Um, and next thing you know, you know, you see some faces changing in the crowd. Roy Jones Jr. landed 86 punches to his opponent's 32 total punches landed, <laughs> right? It's amazing. But so they stand up there. Next thing you know, um, I don't want to mispronounce his name, so I'm just going to say Parks is his last name, um, ends up getting his hand raised, and Roy Jones Jr. takes the loss. Uh, in the videos we saw, he looks pretty dumbfounded, and understandably so. Um, but a lot of controversy involved with that, that's for sure. Absolutely. I mean, if first first thing I want to say before I go into any of this, if you've never seen Roy Jones as, you know, a person maybe you don't watch very much very much boxing. I don't watch boxing very often anymore. Yeah. To me it's I don't know, it's it's falling behind UFC a lot. Well, and maybe because of stuff like this yeah. as well too. You can't have this type of stuff happen. Yeah. And um if you've never seen some of the compilations of Roy Jones Jr., just to see how, first of all, how fast the guy was, how dominant the guy was, and how cocky the guy was. Oh, my goodness. I'll let you know. Oh, absolutely. He told the guy one time he was going to beat him by solely punching him in the body, and then he did it. Yeah. He did the wind-up punch on more than one occasion. Uh Sticking his face out, sticking his tongue. Go, go to YouTube. Type in Roy Jones compilation. Get your popcorn and watch the ten minute long video and enjoy it. Yeah, it's a classic footwork. I mean, his movement is beautiful. Um, uh, he was just a. He's he's a. To me, he's kind of an overlooked fighter, in my opinion. When when a lot of people talk about the best, because we just looked at this not that long ago. He's still fighting. Right. He just fought in well, February last year. And he's he says he's retired, but I bet you – I mean, this is how – look at Floyd May- Mayweather. If if the money's there, you know, they're not going to pass it up at that point. That's what they were raised doing. That's all this kid ever knew. You want him to make money in a different aspect, he can do that. But where's his heart always going to be? It's going to be in boxing. Yeah. So he, he gets absolutely ripped off. Uh, I mean, that was – the some of these ones that you know that we're talking about, uh, I, I mean, they were on a lot of these lists that we both looked at. Yeah, and that one was very high on a yes, lot of lists too. Yes, it was, and understandably so. So this moves us to our number one, and this is like I said, this is one that both of us agreed on. This was our first answer on both of our texts to each other. Right, like. Before either one of us had seen our other text, this was our. This is the only common one that we had, and it goes along with that one. The United States of America against the United USSR in 1972 Olympics. Yeah, it touches on something else we talked about too, with even the hand of God yesterday. There's more to this than just sports. You know, coming out of the Cold War, there's bad blood between our country and uh, what's now known as Russia. So that plays into it as well. Absolutely. So, a little backstory. This was um, the youngest, the youngest United States team that they had ever put in the Olympics. Never lost. Yeah. It, yeah. They never, never lost. Or I'm sorry, they hadn't lost since the 20s. I thought. No, seven gold medals. Any any competition well, in Olympic go. basketball. Think about it. We were the originators of basketball. There's not a lot of things that America can take credit for as far as the sporting world of creating. We created basketball. I don't know. See, that's not true. I mean, we did well, create um, the missionary position. That's that's what was said on. Uh, 
That was that. What was that? Uh, Anchorman. Anchorman. What in the world? Yeah, a missionary position. That was something that America created. You're I'm wel- obviously cutting us short. You're welcome. My goodness, <laughs> not to get political or anything. <laughs> so, um, for those of you that that don't know this one, I'd be a little surprised if you call yourself a sports fan. You don't know about this one. Yeah. Uh, this was a very very big deal. So much so that. Um, you could probably have the silver medal from that game, and none of the players from the team do. Well, the funny thing is, the silver medals are still sitting in Switzerland. None of them will claim it. There's even a couple of them that put in their will that their family cannot claim it as well, too. That's how bad of a taste this still has in their mouth. Absolutely. So, I, Rightfully so. Yeah, so uh, I was watching the video a little bit more just to kind of brush up on some stuff. Um the United States never led until Doug Collins gets absolutely hammered on it after he gets a steal, drives it down the court, gets fouled, goes to two shots. And right. this is this was your favorite quote that you you said the guy that was uh, watching the game. He what, what did he say? Well, it's Coach Iba, former coach of Oklahoma State, but he had so much confidence in Doug Collins. And and once again, you reference it, he gets hammered. It, it's it's a really really hard foul. I would be surprised if he wasn't concussed in some form or fashion. But Coach Iba is famously quoted as saying, you know, the, the assistant coaches are coming to him, Coach, we got who are we putting in to shoot these free throws? And he's as calm, cool, and collected. And says, listen, if Doug Collins can walk, he's shooting the free throws. It's like, well, you don't shoot free throws by walking there, coach. You kind of shoot them with your arms, but he had that much faith in them. Just steps up there, boom, boom, knocks down both of them. United States takes their first lead of the game. Yeah, which is huge. And then it happens. Yeah, and the question is three seconds to go or two seconds to go at that point. At that point, if you look at the very first one, the commentator says two seconds. Yep, he does. The commentator says two seconds, and the Russia throws the ball in, but you see Russia's coach running towards the table. And they threw it in pretty casually. They threw it, yeah. They definitely threw it in like, okay. Wasn't and, like there was two seconds left on no. the clock. No. Russia's coach is sprinting towards the table like, I call a timeout, I call a timeout. They stop it. Yeah, one second left on the clock, which doesn't matter, but they stop it. They stop it. Give them the timeout, and then put three seconds on the clock. Right. So you add a second to the game now. So that's chance one. So that, there's number one. So then it comes to number two. Well, so number two, they end up, you know, inbounding the ball, running a play. Everything looks like it's said and done. USA wins. They're, you know, jumping all over. Coaches are out there, but no, 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 you know. Hold your like breath. Like, they were talking about the Miami game earlier. Oh. That court was covered. You couldn't even see the court. There were so many people out there celebrating. Well, and the, the whereas the first one, you know, we, we didn't fully explain it, but there was a timeout that was supposedly called between Doug Collins' free throws, so that's where the issue came from. We talked about this earlier. You know, we think he said to the ref, hey, we're, I'm going to call a timeout here after he makes this or misses it, give us a timeout. He didn't do that, so that's where the first one comes yeah. in. Second one, there's really no explanation. The explanation is that the clock was set wrong, and I don't know. It looks like it's three seconds on the videos we're seeing. And the the guy that did the video said, or the guy that did the documentary that they were that they had on YouTube said three seconds. Yeah, and the commentator says three seconds. That's calling the game as well. So they moved the clock up one second. And timing it wise, it felt like a lengthy period of time too. Now those three seconds at the end of the game, they can feel like an eternity. But so the refs join together and they say, no, 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 that didn't count. We had an error at the scores table. We need to bring the teams back onto the court. 
So they, they bring them all out there, and it's like they don't really give the United States any time to, like, really gather what's going on. So No. Well, think about it, though. You think you just – let's put yourself in the shoes. You think you just won a gold medal. You were losing to this team – for the entire game. This Russian team was said to play over 400 games together as a team, and the USA team had played 12 together. USA played the entire game at Russia's pace and played their style of game, and now somehow they magically won. Now you're getting told this game isn't over. I mean, tough to get your head clear back from that. Yeah, but it still goes back to never lost. Yeah. He never lost. Playing, coaching, and being aware as a player. Absolutely. So it comes back. They give them the ball. A big man for the United States goes up, starts to guard, to guard the ball. I don't Russia, even know if Russia, he starts to guard here, the ball. Here's the thing that's not really brought up. Yeah. How does that guy get to get subbed in the game? Right, because there's no time they sub. Off. They sub a guy into the game especially for throwing this pass. And this guy has a cannon. He, look, <laughs> dude, he looks like – like Brett Favre out there, dude. He's Either that or it. him and Grant Hill were related. Yeah, it's that, that's Grant Hill. Grant Hill's great uncle or something. Yeah, recalling back to our ten. Yeah, so this dude throws a dime, mm-hmm. the complete length of the court. The guy jumps up, catches it right underneath the rim, head fakes. The guys from the United States jump past him. He puts it in. Buzzer goes off. Russia takes gold. It's amazing. Uh, it's. It is literally like the worst thing ever. Well, and I said to you, too, I mean, there's once again, you know, it happened. There's if, ands, or buts. But Bill Walton was a famous player at that point who we didn't have on our roster. And there's a lot of speculation involved with that. But I even said to you two things. First of all, if Bill Walton's guarding the ball up there, he's not throwing the pass. Second of all, if Bill Walton's guarding the guy who caught the pass, he's not catching that pass at that point. And it's all because – you know, speculation says Bill Walton had bad knees. He didn't want to do all the practices. Coach Iba said, hey, you're going to be a regular player. Um, Bill Walton had played for Iba before, said he took the fun out of the game. Bill Walton wasn't a big fan of the Vietnam War. Nobody knows except for Bill Walton, but having him would have made a big difference. Absolutely. Bill Walton's one of the best players of all time in college history. Yeah. Well, um, and he would have had a great NBA yeah, career had if not his, his knees, knees not yeah. failed him. So maybe there is some truth to that. <laughs> so – they they get the they give the gold to Russia, and like we just mentioned, the United States never never accepted their silver medals. They left. They gave them. I think they gave them to them. And they left them in a the locker room, correct? Or they didn't even no. They didn't no, even come they back didn't out. Show up. Yeah. They, yeah. They didn't even come out for the for the medal, uh, and and they just left them sitting there. Which Russia felt disrespected by that. And uh, I, I mean, I get that, but who cares? <laughs> yeah. It, at that point, I mean, with as much as been done. I mean that that game. If it, you guys just need to give you the full, the full thing. I, I mean, you're gonna have to just look at the video. Well, it's, it's all out there for you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one thing that we did mention that we may do is uh, pull up on our blog page and, and and put the numbers next to the video so you can kind of see um, what we're talking about with all of these videos. Yeah, we won't post the whole game. We'll post like yeah. meaningful clips on it. You know, two to five minute clips if we can. Yeah, so that you guys can get a glimpse of what games we're talking about and see what what parts 
when we're going in depth about them that you that, so you can see what we're talking about. Well, and some of these games, like we mentioned earlier, are games that shape the way our sports are played now, so they're very meaningful. I don't care who you are, what age you are. There's some good stuff on there. Absolutely. So just to, I mean, just to quickly go back over our top ten, we had Louisville, Kentucky, 2004 at number ten. We had uh, GSP Hendricks at number nine. Hand of God, the 1986 World Cup quarterfinal at number at number eight. Uh, Leitner shot at number seven. The coin flip game at number six. Number five, we had the fifth down. Number four, we had the 2003 Fiesta Bowl. Number three, we had the perfect game, uh, Armando Galarraga. Number two, we had the Roy Jones, uh, Seoul Korea Olympics. Soulless uh, Fiesta, judges. Yeah, soulless judges. <laughs> At number one, we had the United States and USSR. Third time's a charm. Third time's a charm, 1972 Olympics. It's amazing. It, I mean, it really is. I, I, I can't wait to get that blog post up. I want to wait a couple of days so that you guys can actually uh, listen to it. Right. Well, and once again, we want to see what else. There's some other stuff out there that we both looked at and we thought about adding. We want to see what else everybody else thinks they can add on there as well, too. Absolutely, because I, I know the number 10 is going to come off there because that one was more just a personal one to me, but that's one that I would rather see played than the Saints and Rams. Well, and that's what this is about as well, yeah. too. It's opinion. Yeah, absolutely. So, guys, hopefully you guys enjoy this episode. I know we enjoyed we enjoyed doing the research for this one a lot. Yeah, uh, we got a lot of stuff that's coming your all's way soon. I mean, we've we've uh, BJ has brought a lot of good segments segment ideas. Um, I like the lock of the week one. Uh, I think we both kind of. But that one was kind of made accidentally between the two of us because we always talk about spreads. And I was like, what about lock of the week? You're like, that's perfect. Well, and hopefully we hit one here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we do something right with that. Too. Otherwise, we might not be able to afford these laptops. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we got some other segments and some other ideas. Uh, we're going to start putting out more poll questions. Look for two or three of those a week, probably. Well, don't forget, for the lock of the week, we need some type of punishment for the loser, so that's on the fans. We're going to take whatever the best option is. Or even give us a lock of the week if you think one. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Give us a lock of the week. Play along with us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we'd love to do that. We'd love to punish you guys if you lost. Well, and the thing (laughs) is, you can't tell us that we did terrible unless you're putting some skin in the game. So put it out there in Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, my favorite LinkedIn universe. MySpace, Photo Bucket. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, all of them. Uh, So, guys, as, as always... I had fun putting this putting this episode up. Keep liking, keep sharing. We'll both keep putting these out because we're. I mean, we're already talking about future weeks on what days we're going to record because we have certain things that are going on and we want to continue this two day a week thing. I've got hot dates lined up. He's got work, so I mean, no big deal. <laughs> yeah, we see one of us is going to be out of a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so guys, like I said, keep liking, keep sharing. BJ, thank you again, brother. And as always, I'll leave you with a thought. You gotta be a wolf to catch a wolf. Beef out.